Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit tribal and magic the gathering. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about a card that I suggested to spirit players about a month and a half ago, and I'm happy many of you listened. Also, there's a minor controversy going on in D&D. And then finally, Watsy did something right. Do I got you curious? I hope so. So let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, the one and only Dwight, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm. Please follow. Also, also have my website, mtgectoplasm.com, where I have my short yet extensive spirit content library. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that there. Or if you want to sponsor an episode like this one, you can do that there as well. And then don't forget, you can reach out to me directly at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? And then finally, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're listening to this podcast, do me a favor. There's that uh, follow, that like or subscribe button. Hit that for me because I see in my analytics, everybody around the world is listening, making this your number one spot for spirit content. And I am humbled and I appreciate it, but I need you. If you're a new guy or a new individual listening, hit that button. And if you're just been here a while and just said you know what i like i like you a lot Dwight, but i haven't hit that button yet what are you waiting for all you gotta do is just hit it just right there it's right in front of you just just tap it all right with that being said ladies and gentlemen the entry the beginning of the show is done and now it's time to get to the meat and potatoes as they say right because i found that some of this stuff, uh, I, I'm happy that I'm bringing to you because I'm getting a lot of emails from you and you're saying, you know what, Dwight, thank you for putting it out there. I enjoy what you do. Uh, some of it's fun. Some of it's wacky. I enjoy your interviews that you have, like uh, with Dr. Ketz, with uh, Peter Valco. Uh, you know, the, some of you have gone back to listen to uh, Tuesday Tastic. Don't worry. Now that school's over and done with, I'm going to try to, Get out there and uh, get the spirit masters like Dr. Queller. My, that's my number one goal. And my number one B, well, number number one goal too also is Andre Seguera. Okay, really love that young man. He provides great spirit content. If you don't uh, know anything about him, please go to tw- uh, Yahoo. Not Yahoo, what am I talking about? YouTube. Look him up, Andre Seguera. He's a spirit master provides some of the greatest spirit content available besides the show. And I promise you, you will be entertained and you will like what he brings to you. So now let me get to the first topic. I brought to you about a month and a half ago. Then I was looking at how the modern meta was looking. 
And I saw how quickly it was just going crazy. This is even before Modern Horizons 2 made its appearance. And I was like, you know what? The man is too quick. People are playing too quickly. And there's only one card that can actually sit there and save our back end. And that is Chalice of the Void. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Chalice of the Void. Now, what people don't realize is this card fluctuates left and right in the market because when the meta is a little out of control, a little wacky, this card shoots up because everybody and their mother realizes, you know what, this is a, a card that will protect them in the long run until the meta changes. So let me begin reading to you Chalice of the Void. Chalice of the Void is XX. Now, if you think you're going to sit there and uh, use the latest saga, Urza Saga, to find this with the zero or one, uh, I'm sorry to break it to you. That ain't going to happen. It is not a mana value of zero or one. It's just XX. Because of that reason, you cannot fish for this card with that with that saga. So let me continue. Chalice of the Void, XX, it's an artifact. And it reads, Chalice of the Void comes into play with X charge counters on it. So for example, if you play two mana, one and one, it comes into play with one counter. If you play two, meaning two like two and two okay which is a total of four it comes in with two counters on it i know i made it you're like what the hell Dwight? you you screwed it up but that's okay hopefully you understand what i'm trying to say you pay four mana it comes in with two you pay with six it comes in with three you pay four uh eight mana it comes in with four we're getting it all right then it reads second paragraph Whenever a player plays a spell with convert a mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Chalice of the Void, counter that spell. Not bad, right? We don't, you know, spirits. I mean, we 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 do enough, you know, with the definitely with the spell queller. We do pretty good right there with the Mausoleum Wanderer, right? Countering. We do pretty well with, you know. Uh, non-land permanent destruction with skyclave apparition and then the rest of them basically protect ourselves and pumps up pumps up our spirits but chalice is one of these cards that really is a blessing in disguise now i'm not going to say it doesn't affect us in any way but in a small sense it's a blessing in disguise. Why do I say it that way? Because if you look at the current meta, here in my formerly chocolatey stained fingers, thank God I just washed my fingers because I had a delicious chocolate cake before. It was delicious. In the top, six of the top 10 decks in the current meta are using one mana, or no mana cards. And you're going to go, what do you mean no mana cards? You're speaking shenanigans. Well, some of them may be using alternative costs. Let's say like grief. How you know how you discard 
or exile a black card and you can play grief basically you're paying it for zero so guess what that card gets count uh, countered let's say for example uh you're playing i don't know a cascade deck oh and you try to play a spell through cascade guess what because you're not paying the cost of it guess what it gets countered Other decks, how you're using one mana uh, and mana, one mana creatures, one mana spells, one mana non-land permanents. And let me just tell you, those decks are pretty damn quick and we need to slow them down. So this card, Chalice of the Void, is something that we, can, we, we have to have in our back pocket. Telling you right now, one of the best spear players, Dr. Queller, I know Andre Segarra uses this. Dr. Quill is using four. I believe Andre Segarra is using three of the Chalice of the Void in the sideboard. No ands or so buts about it. They're using this card. Why? Because I'm going to begin with the first deck here. Blitz. Blitz deck is obviously you should know it's red and blue. And what happens is you got Dragon's Rage Channeler, you got Mausoleum Swift Spear, Lightning Bolt, and Mishra's Bobble. So you can have this come in on your turn two, or, you know, I would recommend turn two. And why? Now you're shutting off the one mana. Nobody then on, uh, you or your opponent can play a one mana card. Now, there are exceptions. I'm going to get to the exceptions at the very end. How spirits can work around this issue. Then you have Rakdos. A Rakdos test where you had Ragavan. Then guess what? Dragon Rage Channeler again. Inquisition of Kozlik, Thoughtseize, and Mistress Bobble. Notice there? One mana cards. And one zero. Let's talk about food decks, shall we? You have Esmerano. I'm not going to get into the full dicky dicky bucka ducka ducka, whatever it's called. Esmerano, one mana. The, the Underworld Cookbook, one mana. Pithing Needle, one mana. Cauldron Familiar, one mana. Witch's Oven, one mana. That's three decks right there, ladies and gentlemen, that are in the top 10 that we basically poo pooed with one card we basically poo-pooed those three top three decks in the current meta with one card shall we continue hammer time hammer time why because it has zero mana creatures like mem knight and ornithopter the only way for this deck to work is what segura's aid and colossus hammer how wonderful would it be oh Turn one, on your turn one, oh, I will play Chalice Void for zero. Guess what now? You can't play your zero casting cost creatures. On my turn one, oh, I don't know. I'll play my Aether Vial turn two. I guess I'll pay two and play the Chalice of the Void. So now you can't play zero or one. Oh, man, you're, you're going to have a long day. You know, I know, we both know. I feel bad for you. Thank you for playing. Living End. Living End is back. And what is this going to do with Living End? 
Oh, that's right. It's a zero mana cast card. Oh, you can't play living. Oh, living in gets camped, uh, countered. Oh. oh, sorry. Come again. How about that crashing footfalls deck with cascade that I just mentioned? Oh, you think you're going to bring in some rhinos to trample over me? Two rhinos for eight, you know, total eight damage? No, 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 no. Sorry. Not happening. Not on my watch. It gets countered. That's right there. Six of the top 10 decks in the current modern meta. And Spirit shuts it down with what? One simple card. One simple card. Now I know some of you are like, wait, listen, I don't have the funds. You know what? Ah, you're not going to save up my lunch money for these things. Or you know what? My wife, you know, she's a little tough on me. I got to watch my budget. You know, I understand. I'm going to tell you a, a slight replacement, but it's not a, you know, it's a good replacement, but not a great replacement. I'm going to be sincere with you. It's Sanctum Prelate, a card that was just recently released in Modern Horizons 2. It was originally done over back in the day in uh, uh, some other set. I forget what it is. I had to deal with uh, being the monarch. But that card is two white and one mana for a 2-2 cleric. And the cleric says when it comes into play, name a mana value, and basically that, that mana value gets countered or cannot be played. Now, the problem with that card is it has legs. And because the fact that it has legs, it can be killed very quickly with red and black. It can be destroyed easily with white, too, depending on what you're using. But realistically, it has legs, not as good. Also, the fact that if you want to cast the card and say, I select zero, it sucks because you have to have three mana in the play to play and go zero. If you want to sit there and shut down one mana, which you have to play two mana for the Aether Vial, you have to play three? Not as good. That's what I'm saying. It's an okay card. It's a, an acceptable replacement until you can afford Chalice of the Void. But realistically and honestly, Chalice of the Void is a moral imperative for any person using the Spirit Tribe. I don't care if you're using Bant. I don't care if you're using Mono Snow Blue Build. I don't care if you're doing Azorius. The Masters have spoken. I'm not a master. I'll be the first person to tell you I am far from the master. I, I've been playing this deck since, you know, uh, Drug School Captain came out. And then, thank God, when Supreme Phantom came out, I, it became a staple in modern. That's when I, I 100% put 100% focus into this deck. And I knew right then in the, right then the very beginning, Chalice was a moral imperative. It was, a, it was something to have on the sideboard until it, the meta went crazy. And guess what? The meta's crazy. Everything's going quick. Everything's going quicker than you would expect. 
So if you want to fight in this modern meta, I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is a moral imperative to pick these cards up. Chalice of the Void. So let me begin by telling you, if someone is going to try to play a spell against you that's zero, it's countered, gone, in the graveyard. If you said, you know, pay two mana and it's a one and they try to play a one mana uh, spell, countered, goes to the graveyard. It doesn't stop them from playing a card. This is not, uh, oh, uh, what the hell is this? The, the, oh, Jesus, the cleric of blue, white, uh, void mage? No. I, I, it slipped my mind who this, this, this spell, uh, uh, meddling mage. It is not meddling mage which stops you from playing the spell. This card counters a spell. Now you're going to go, Dwight, well, how does this work? If you're going to put this at one, basically, aren't you countering our one mana stuff? Mm, Maybe. And I'll explain to you why maybe. Yes. If you play this card on two, on your turn two, and Aether Vile is not on play, you basically countered all your, your Aether Vials. That sucks. Hands down. Is it worth it? I'm going to be quite sincere with you. It really depends on your board state and when you need to do this. If you realize that you're playing against a blitz deck, a a deck that uses prowess, and it's going to kill you very quickly, I'll take that hit. I'll take that hit all day. I'll play up, because you got to consider Spirits is a fair deck. It It plays very fair. I'll take that hit. And by taking that hit, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, they're not playing creatures more than likely, and they're not casting spells. They're basically hurt. They're twiddling their thumbs trying to figure out what to do. Now, the benefit, too, is that we are also playing Cavernous Souls. Cavernous Souls basically reads, you know, choose a creature type. Obviously, we'll be seeing spirit. And guess what? We tap the call. You tap the Cavernous Souls for a particular color. If it's a spirit, it can't be countered. So guess what? It works against Chalice of the Void. Now, if we're playing against other tribal decks, you need to, you know, make sure you're aware of that as well. That if they have a Chalice of the Void, they're going to be able to play creatures. They're going to be able to work around the Chalice of the Void against you. But if you're going to end up using that against another tribal deck, I, don't, what's, I wouldn't see you putting Chalice of the Void in there to begin with. It, I, it wouldn't be in your best interest to do it but because dr queller you have uh andre Segura, you have me for the last month and a half saying you know what chalice of void is a moral imperative ladies and gentlemen i'm not saying this just to be kind this is a card that will kick ass and will constantly kick ass for you and if you want to top if you want to be in my shout out section i'm not saying we get this card you'll automatically be in no 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 it really depends on the meta that you're facing. And realistically, the meta that's out there right now, six of the top 10 decks 
are these? They're not going to provide you that quick, easy victory, but guess what? Your opponent sees these cards, more than likely they're going to end up picking up their cards and saying, okay, I'm done for the evening. That sucks. All right. That sells the void. That's what I wanted to bring up. Now in my second segment, D&D. There's a slight controversy that, you know, came about about two weeks ago. And I thought nothing of it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of these people that poo-pooed this controversy because I'm sitting here like, I don't know how to cheat. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a liar. I'm not a fabricator. I'm not a fabricator. I'm not a person that tells lies or untruths. I don't run run amok. Okay, I don't I don't do these things. I'm a very open and honest individual. I'll share my life with you 110% and have no fear. But the controversy has to deal with dice. And people are afraid that cheating may evolve because of dice from the D&D set. Now, I'm thinking to myself, well, how many sets out there are running dice? Well, the only set, the only thing that I've seen using anything was what the, I think, the flip of a coin, and that was it. This is the first time I'm actually seeing the roll of a dice. And people are worried all like, well, if I use a spin down, you know, does the laws of probability give me more chances of having a higher number than a low number? Or should I, you know, or should there be an official D20 that Watsi provides everyone so we know what's going on? I, I, I thought it was shenanigans. And then the other day, my friend, Nikachu from uh, Nikachu MTG, the Merfolk Master, had a person out there who was talking about loaded dice. And I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, when did Magic the Gathering become some type of casino type of operation where you're going to have hooligans out there trying to cheat by rolling dice? Uh, to me, it's unfathomable. I'm like, who's going to do this? If What I've seen, honestly and realistically, I'm going to be honest with you. The only time I've seen cheating, and I've called it out both times, is when I found the player going as quickly as they could against me. And they're like, okay, I played this spell. You know, they're moving shystily. I'm moving, you know, I tap here, tap here, tap here. I tap this. I sacrifice this. So I have an extra mana, blah, blah, blah. And I put out this huge creature. And then they go, your turn. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Before it's your turn, before it's my turn, let me just, let me gander at what you did. And it took me about a minute. And then I realized this person was cheating. They were trying to play an Eldrazi, which was, I think it was like eight mana cost, and they only had six mana. And then they were like, well, I sacrificed this thing. I'm like, well, okay, you had six mana. This one provides you seven. Yeah, you're still one short, bro. 
I was like, do it over. He does it over, blah, blah, blah. Does it real quick. Your turn. No, still your turn. Let me verify. No, you're still a man of short, bro. You're, you're cheating. The kid huffed and puffed and just said, I, I quit. Okay, fine. That That's your call. I, you know, it's probably in your best interest to sit there and do that before I call a judge and say that you're cheating. The other time is some kid, young, young man, I'd say in his early teens, I was at a uh, Star City game event. And this young man was shuffling his deck and trying to get, you know, creature spell land, creature spell land, and trying to organize his deck that way so he could play. I realized that and I reshuffled his deck so it could, you know, where I assumed it would be like non-cheating, put it down. He drew and he kept on mulliganing every time I called him over. And I'm like, you know what? Let me call the judge because this kid's obviously cheating. I didn't want to do it. He was a young man. I wanted him to have a good time while being at in this, you know, Star City game event. And basically the kid got punished. He got disqualified for cheating. Now, those are the only times I've seen cheating. And that's with, you know, gameplay manipulation and deck manipulation. I have never in my lifetime heard of dice manipulation. Ever. And the, the only time I've heard of that is if you're in casinos and, you know, you're watching too much of a Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 12 and they're flicking some type of thing to make your dice roll one way or another i i guarantee there are such things as loaded dice out there but realistically us playing a a friendly game of dungeons and dragon i mean uh magic the gathering come on so this is what i'm going to tell you ladies and gentlemen if your fear you have fear you have worry about some type of shenanigans while playing Magic the Gathering in this latest set of Dungeons and Dragons. This is what I'm going to tell you. If you see an opponent rolling a spin down, stop the individual right away, call the judge and ask them for a D20, an event D20. So then both of you have the same dice that you can use during that time during that particular gameplay that's fair and it's from neither one of you neither one of your parties so you can't say oh one's loaded or it's not loaded i want you to be aware of the individual's personality if they try to scoop it up real quick and it sounds like they're not shaking it or they're not vigorously moving their hand back and forth, which sounds very awkward while I say it, but they're vigorously shaking their hand with the dice in their hand and releasing releasing the die, then I would call a judge because if you're not vigorously shaking a die to find out, you know, I guess the most fair role the most ambiguous role that you can get that you may want to go listen pal you know i don't like what you're doing there you know redo it do it right do it fair 
There's not call the judge over. There's nothing wrong with calling the judge over. But I'll tell you one thing. Don't be accusatory. Don't be accusatory at all. If you think something's going on, you know, go, hey, listen, I'm observing something. I don't like it. You know, just, you know, let's keep it up on the up and up. But if you actually see cheating and have evidence of cheating, yo, raise that hand and go judge. Get over here. My man here is doing something I don't like. It's not right. It's not fair. It's against the rules. I call shenanigans and you need to handle this. This is above my pay grade. So that's all I got to say about that. I'm sorry that, you know, once he had to walk into this, I didn't expect people to get upset about D20s and spin downs. It is what it is. If you're going to roll a die, you know, use a D20. Use common sense. Now in the final section, Watsy did something right. Holy crap, right? You're like, holy crap, are you kidding me, Dwight? Watsy did something correct? Yeah, they did. But I got to take you back to what they did wrong. On a previous episode, I was with uh, my friend of the show, uh, Peter Valco, who you can see on Twitch as Bucket Man, the number four ever. He's constantly on there. It's great. He's it's a great watch, unique, fun, and uh, charismatic and comedy ensues. But we were talking about the Pro Tour and how Watsy screwed up and ended up taking away seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars from from the prize pool. They took away seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars from the prize pool. And let me just tell you, the fan base stood behind the pro players and lost their minds. They're like, Watsy, this is not right. This is not fair. And many of you reached out to Hasbro, okay, pop up Hasbro and said, look, we love your product. We enjoy playing the game. But what you did here, not right. It's not fair. No. And especially during this time of COVID and lockdowns and everything. No, we, we want the up and up. We want what's right. We want what's fair. Basically what you're doing is uh, false advertising and we're not going to stand for it. The pros aren't going to stand for it and the player base is not going to stand for it. And what happened? Watsy listened. In a different way. They did something right, but they didn't bring back the 750000 What they ended up doing is that all the players that qualified for this million-dollar prize that got shut, you know, taken down lower than seven hundred fifty, left 250000 on the prize pool, they decided that 16 players would compete for that $250,000. Now, you go, Dwight, well, how's this a good thing? You, you said they took away $750,000. Well, let me explain. They decided whoever wins 
they're going to get a big chunk of that money and then so on and so forth, you know, bring it down to, you know, everybody gets a little cut. But each of those 16 players would receive $50,000 in appearance fees. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. These pro tour players that are making their way to this tournament, these top 16 players are going to be making $50,000 just for showing up. Let me break that down for you. If you're a regular, everyday individual, working individual like myself, that's $24 an hour for one full year. And they're making it in one shot. Now, I'm not saying this because I have a problem with it. No, 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 no. Because what happens is pro tour players have been complaining. They say they want a living wage. They want to be able to live and work and breathe as a pro tour player. Watsi realized in the in their infinite wisdom that that wasn't going to happen, but they were going to provide $50,000 to the top 16. And guess what? It doesn't go lower. You know, it only goes higher. If you, you do well, you get more money. But then I heard some pro tour players complaining. They're like, I, I, I rescinded my tour, pro tour playership. I didn't compete as well as I should have because the fact that I didn't know about this $50,000 appearance fee. Well, let me just say one thing. I don't like to go after pro tour players because guess what? They're the backbone of this game. They really are. They, they enlighten us. They provide a strategy. They provide us in different ways to consider uh, how to attack, how to block uh, interactions, combinations, so on and so forth. But I have to say this to those pro tour players. I don't want to hear that crap. You went to a tournament to compete. And because the fact you thought you were going to, you didn't know about a $50,000 uh, appearance fee, the chance of getting a $50,000 appearance fee. You know how many Magic the Gathering players are out there around this world that would do anything in their power to compete, to even get a chance to go to a competition just to make $250,000. And you have the test, you have the gonadal fortitude to sit there and tell me Oh, uh, I could have done better. No, blow it out your ass. Blow it out your ass. I don't like cursing, ladies and gentlemen. You know one of the, I'm one of these people who don't do that. And guess what? That ticked me off. The 16 players that are going to be there, they're going to go pee, they deserve it. They deserve it through and through, and they deserve that $50,000 in appearance fees. And whoever wins the big prize, congratulations to them. They have my support. Me, Dwight, a.k.a. DeBlanco, and MTG Ectoplasm will stand behind them through and through. Don't give me that fecal material. That makes my blood boil. 
Because I know many of you right now are being like, yo, I'll show up in a spirit deck right now. What do I got to do? Like, uh, is it it unlimited? Uh, What are we playing? Standard? Pioneer? What? I'm in. But you have some blowhard pro tour player. Oh, I could have done better if I would have known. Get out of here. Go play a different game. Do me a favor. Go play Yu-Gi-Oh. Go play Pokemon. We don't need you here in Magic the Gathering. And I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to hear me be that angry. But I love this game. I love this game with all my heart. You've heard me say this over and over again. This is one of the games that I cherish with all my heart. I've discovered some of my best friends playing this game. Many of us who have different political ideologies, different sexual orientations, different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. And I love this game for it. And it, and it just annoys me a little blowhard out there. Oh, I could have done better. If I would have known, I would have made more money. Blow it out your ass. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you about Magnolia Gaming in Hoboken, New Jersey. They're on 79 Hudson Street, Suite 103, Double L, Hoboken, New Jersey. They can be found on Facebook at Magnolia Gaming Hoboken, or you can reach them at magnoliagaming.com. You can just go over there, tell tell them that uh, Dwight, a.k.a. D. Blanco, sent you. (coughs) And they're doing a special. If you mention this show and you spend about $60 in uh, product, wrapped product, okay, uh, you'll end up getting a booster pack of uh, uh, Modern Horizons 2. All right, go over there. Tell them, you know, I sent you. Now t- It's now time, ladies and gentlemen. It's now time where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. And this week, you know what? We did better than last time. And I'm proud of you. All right? I want to see more of you. Now that you know about this Chalice of the Void, I'm telling you, I want to see more of you out there doing this. Okay? So let me begin in historic. There was an individual that came in first place in a mono blue snow build, and it was a platinum platinum mythic rank player. I wish I knew who your name actually was so I could shout you out, but just no one thing. If you're listening to the show, guess what? I'm going to keep on cheering you out and knowing that if it's July 6th and it's you, congratulations. All right? Now, in Pioneer. July 8th, the first place in a 5-0 Bant build. Magician Magico. Magician Magico, congratulations. On July 5th, a Bant build went 5-0, and it was Remf, R-E-M-F. Congratulations, Remf. Happy to see you back oh, doing well in Pioneer. Another in July 5th, 5-0 in a mono blue snow build. Cooley 2. Congratulations, Cooley 2. So in Pioneer, we have Remf, Cooley 2, and Magician Magico. 
Thank you for proving that, you know, Spirits is the best deck in Pioneer. And then finally, in Modern. That's right, Modern. July 6th, in the Azorius build, 5-0, Dr. Queller. Congratulations, Dr. Queller. July 9th, in the Azorius in a 5-0 build, guess who? Dr. Queller again. Congratulations for proving that Spirits is the best deck in modern so let me just tell you ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you for listening to the show making this your number one listened spirit content and tribal stuff i i you know what if it wasn't for you guys i would just be sitting here uh playing with my deck by myself or playing it online with my friends through web camera but i wouldn't be having this much fun so I want to say thank you for all of you listening around the world. And you know what? I'm humbled. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, remember, go out there. Do what you got to do. Have a good day. Kick ass through playing Magic the Gathering and make your opponent say, that's Bushi. All right? Have a good one, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>